Welcome to the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, joined this week by my co-hosts, Cade and Steven. And guys, we've got a lot to get to today. We've got a trade show. I did just finish watching this Jabari Smith guy that I may have to send uh, some tape to, to Sam Presti. He's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. But that's for the future. Right now, we've got some Thunder trade talk. We'll, we'll take a little bit of a look around the league at some stuff that's happened from a Thunder perspective. But I should say, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, just in case something happens between now and when this comes out. Cade, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Just enjoying some uh, Tuesday trades instead of Thursday trades. So <laughs> early trades going on, a little bit confused, but just enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steven, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh doing a whole lot better than kinks fans probably are oh god will be i know evan we were just talking about this before we started recording i just you know they, they say the thunder's the black league of the of the eye or of the league wow that was hard for me like <laughs> i of the league wow. there you go there you go there we go i i would have to disagree i think that's uh the sacramento kings forever and always <sighs> gosh you know I had this topic a little bit later and kind of more centered around the Pelicans, but let's just start right here with what the Pelicans did. You know, they, they acquired CJ McCollum for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, Thomas Sanaransky, uh, Didi Luzada, who I'm not sure I'd heard of until today, a first round pick 2022. It's protected. I don't remember the protections on that, but it is like a pretty good chance of conveying this year, I think. And then two second round picks. And then, the trade that you're talking about, obviously, with the Kings, where uh, don't remember all of the details, but all that really matters is going out, Tyrese Halliburton, and going in, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Guys, doesn't this just make you just so grateful for the Thunder and for Sam Presti and for having a plan, right? Oh, absolutely, 100%. So, and just to kind of add on to that, so it was the Pacers were trading uh, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and it was, according to the official Woj tweet, it was two Jeremy Lambs. Yeah, two two Jeremy Lambs. said uh, it was Justin Holiday. I made the joke in our group chat that I think if even if you'd have four Jeremy Lambs, I still don't like the deal for the Kings. And then and then going to the Pacers was Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. That's just like the ultimate, to me, just the ultimate weirdest move probably of the last couple of years. I mean, it's, it's clearly Vivek. Handing down the order, like, hey, we've got we've got to make the play in tournament, like, right, like that, that that has to be it. That has to be it. But I, I don't see how any way that Tyrese is better than anybody, or that that Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb are better than anybody that they just sold off right there. Sabonis probably helps you win more now than Halliburton, but like literally right now, like I, I like as soon as next year, like that could be different. Like I, I'm not alone when I say that I really love Halliburton. I know everybody loves Halliburton and he's incredibly young and is always only going to get better. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense because the, the echo chamber talk when it came to the Kings and the Sixers was boy like you know kings could trade for ben simmons but like are they are they really gonna put halliburton in that deal like i, I don't know if they're gonna put halliburton in that deal i'm like I, I guess it's it's so hard to know what ben simmons value is but like i i'd rather trade for ben simmons than sabonis like what what do you guys think i would definitely go with uh 
Ben Simmons over Sabonis yeah. probably any day of the week just because I see Ben Simmons with a much higher ceiling than Sabonis and bringing value to De'Aaron Fox more than Sabonis does. Well, and I think my big thing of like, I would probably say Ben Simmons too, but technically Ben Simmons plays point guard, but he can defend one through five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would personally, I mean, I'm kind of like UK, like I'd probably say Ben Simmons, but Sabonis makes a lot of sense though. I think the Kings now have like two guys on their team who are like better than league average from three. So that that's not, not great for them. Uh, and Halliburton, I don't know how consistently good of a defender he was, but he's at least like shows flashes. Like I remember when the Thunder played the the Kings earlier this year, like Halliburton took that game over defensively for like a stretch. And it was like, whoa, like this guy's even showing flashes on that side. So, and defense, if anyone, which I don't know why you would, but if you do follow the Kings and listen to this podcast or at least pay attention to the Kings, like defense has been their real big issue. And Sabonis isn't exactly going to help with that. But anyway, to, to steer this back to the Thunder, I mean, you've got the Pelicans going out and acquiring CJ McCollum uh, for Josh Hart and all those other guys. And I guess Larry Nance also comes over in that deal. So like in a vacuum, that's not, like a terrible value trade, but it's just like, it just reeks of having no plan. And that just, that just makes me, you know, take a step back and, and take a look at the thunder and really appreciate and agree with, with what they're doing. And, you know, I know we we can touch on this as we get later in the show, but like there's people who definitely want the thunder to, to go grab like a miles Turner or a, or somebody like that that can help now. And I I just don't think I like that road for him. And I just think that it's it's so interesting to see these three franchises, the Thunder and then the Pelicans and Kings. You have ultimate patience and you have rushing the process. And, and I think part of it too is going to the, I can't remember who tweeted it today, but it was like, this is actually great for the Thunder because you've got, you know, um, New Orleans is going to pull themselves up with CJ. Um, Indiana is going to pull themselves up with with their whole crew they're bringing in, and Sacramento, like you just said, Evans, trying to make that push, uh, assumedly mm-hmm. for the play in. So I think yeah, overall, ho- ho- hopefully the Kings or the Pelicans or, I mean, don't think this is going to happen, but maybe both. Like, can, can can they pass the Clippers? Like, if the Clippers have continuous bad injury luck the rest of the way, like they can at least push the Clippers, and that's something to be optimistic about on the other side of that though. I am a little, I, I Portland has full on entered the, the tank zone and are going to be, they're going to be competition for the thunder down the stretch. I think. My biggest thing about Portland is they're, they're building around a 31 year old who isn't playing. And let alone that first, that first part alone of building around a 31 year old with these younger guys, that just sounds like a disaster in itself. But, like, what is your plan for the end of the season? And, like, how do you re-gear with their cap situation this offseason? It's just interesting to look at. I mean, what could their plan actually be? Yeah, I I saw a couple of different reports or just, like, rumors. I, I would probably more aptly call them. One was, like, they were still sniffing around Jeremy Grant, which, like, why? What? Why are you, like, trading all these guys and saving all this money and then going and getting Grant? I mean, I guess if – if they get Grant and just shut he and Lillard down the rest of the way, like you can still tank 
and have those guys, but like is Jeremy Grant plus Dame any better than Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Robert Covington? Like, I don't know. I if it's, it's worse. It, it, even, even if it's better, it's not like markedly better, you know? Like it's not, it's not much di- you're not like in a different tier with that. And then it's like they have this salary cap space now, presumably, to actually go sign some guys, maybe if they play their cards right and depending on what they do with Nurkic but it's like who like who has Portland ever signed and and like are they signing Bradley Beal well what, what like Beal is better than McCollum but it's like you're just gonna put a better version of CJ and and Dame if you bring in Beal like I, I don't know it's it's very confusing what what their actual future plan is well, you're right and, and also today on Tuesday that you know they just announced that that Beal's out for the rest of the season yep so I mean I, it almost seems like Wizards are going full tank too now. Mm-hmm. Well, my and biggest thing is like the the Blazers have that money. Who do they have to throw it at other than Aiden and, and Bill? I mean, it's not a strong free agency coming up or anything. Yeah, like uh, James Harden. Like, are they, are they going to get the James Harden uh, sweepstakes? I don't think James Harden's going to Portland. That's that's just my guess. Well, and and with the way that the the trade shakes out today. Currently, Portland would have pick eight and nine, like if it was just solely mm-hmm. based on record right now. So, I mean, I think they're in a good spot to draft because, I mean, this draft is, you know, they're, I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, once the season gets closer to an end. But I, I think this this draft has, you know, probably three to four tier one guys mm-hmm. and then some like tier one and a half to two guys. So, I mean, they could probably take a, I mean, do what you know do what we did last year take a swing which is looking right now which turns out to be a home run with, yeah. with josh um but yeah i mean i, I think portland's it, it, who knows what portland's doing at this point now mm-hmm. so the thunder we do know what they're doing in the long term but in the short term as usual they remain a mystery they remain lurking in the shadows any rumor that you've seen is really only, it's not even a rumor. It's just like speculation of what the Thunder could do. There's, there is absolutely nothing out there right now. So I guess where we can start as we think about the Thunder and this trade deadline is guys, let, let's rank our top five and we can each do our own top five, our top five most likely to be traded Thunder players. And number one is most likely number five, is least likely and whichever one of you wants to wants to start us off we can we can go from there well i'll just start with number one the elephant in the room kenrich williams yeah i think yep. that's all three were number I, ones he's honestly the most, <laughs> he's the most tradable one i mean the contracts just the value on his contract insane um what you're going to get returned is insane so i think that's just kind of everyone's consensus number one uh number two i actually put ty jerome mm-hmm. because I. <laughs> I, I like I, I, I like how we all did this with our uh virginia um cohort not on the podcast he's still probably enjoying uh shout out jackson still probably enjoying that win at duke last night well don't get me wrong i really liked Ty jerome mm-hmm. and i think he's really talented but i think he's also going to get you decent value and kind of declog the guard position a little bit and i think it was um steven did you send the the bleacher report when they put yeah, him for jackson yeah. Hayes? see yep. that's a trade that i would not mind doing to get jackson hayes because take a shot on a big man that can roll real good he plays within his zone as of recently for the Pelicans been doing it well. So I think I had him at number two, number three, and it could be in a package deal or just in general, I went with Mike Muscala because 
who doesn't want a Mike Muscala? I mean, he's too good to tank. Everyone knows that. And then <laughs> it's Ford, actually like insane how too good the tank Muscala is. His plus minus has to be insane. Like he he played the other night like like twelve minutes. It was like. 10 point like it was like there was like 10 points and like seven rebounds and like I don't know the exact line but it was like something where it's like okay how is Matt Muscala doing this in, in 12 minutes he's shooting like 43 percent from three on like three attempts a game it's just I can't believe this is a guy who's like the Lakers gave away like he's not done well on other contenders but he, he comes here and he Degnault has put him in the exact right positions well that and like the, the difficulty of his shot sometimes and the situation that he's put in to hit them is just kind of absurd. Like, we'll be down by 15 points, and he'll come in and hit three really quick threes. <laughs> High degree of difficulty at the logo. Like, I don't really understand. But at number four, I put basically if Dagnot expresses to Presti, like, hey, I don't think he's in the long term. You know, maybe Presti shopping him around, seeing what teams might want to take a shot on a young guy who could potentially help you now. He's in like what, at least played. helped his trade value a little bit lately. Like yeah. he's he's played very well since he's come off the bench. Yeah, and he looked pretty good because I was at the game last night, and he looked pretty good. Like he was one of the more consistent guys last night. Uh, that you know when when we played Golden State, he was definitely one of the more consistent. I mean, everybody looked off except for for the masked door, which I think we need to talk about that for <laughs> a second, but we'll, we'll come back to that. But I, I think that the second first, best masked dunk oh, in yeah. thunder history last night by Lou oh, Dort. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, wrap up my list. I got number five. I got Taylor Maladone, um, simply because I think if a move is to be made and he'll probably just get shipped to some team and we'll be receiving salary and picks. I think mm-hmm. he'll be one to go just because a position we don't need too much of right now. And yep the lack of production and what he's shown, like he just doesn't shoot the ball sometimes when he has the opportunity. Mm-hmm. If I was fine for a job, I'd take every open look I had. So he's, he's just kind of out there when, yeah. when he plays, it seems like. So I, I have the same top two as you, Kenrick, Kenrich and, and Ty Jerome. I have Tayo third and it's for the exact reasons that you mentioned that I, I just think if there's like a throw in, if there's some kind of like salary dump deal or just something where a team wants to dump, uh, a contract and open a roster spot, you know, Teo is a pretty easy trade for and wave are, guy. Are you, are you talking about a Tobias Harris? <laughs> we we can get to that. I'm not, I'm not so sure that that is or should be in the cards. I've got Derek favors for purely now that that is the Tobias Harris. Like, okay, we'll, we'll not again, not so sure about this, but if this were to happen, like, We'll take back your millions of dollars in Tobias Harris cash, but you've got to at least take Derek Favors off of our hands. I, I could see, like, if if the Thunder are a salary dump, they send back a smaller salary dump um, if, it's, if it's a big contract, whether it's Tobias Harris or somebody else, like, you know, God forbid, Russell Westbrook or, or Sean Waller, who, who knows. And I have basically five, uh, all the things you guys have mentioned. I, I watched uh, the game last night. Um, the Warriors broadcast and I've got to say if we want to trade if we want to get Sam Presti to trade Darius Baisley or get good value for him I should say I just send the Warriors broadcast clips because they were they were raving about Darius Baisley last night yeah they were I mean he he was making shots that they were it was like kind of the typical Homer Warriors stuff you hear for their players but like for Baisley it's like wow like they love Darius Baisley Huh. Well, so, and, uh, um, 
for mine, I same as you guys wanted to, Kendrick and Ty Jerome. Three, I actually had uh, Derek Favors on this. Mm-hmm. Um, four, I had Darius. And then five, just because I don't want him to get traded, is Mike Muscala. I, See, I, he, I left Mike off my list, actually, which I was I did not expect that going in. And, and you know, and you guys make great points with Teo of like, you know, he really hasn't produced like we thought he was going to this year mm-hmm. and like he should be producing. Um, to me, Mike is he kind of has filled the the Nick Collison, Stephen Adams role for me of like <laughs> just just the big center out there that just, you know, he may not get all the points and everything mm-hmm. but he's just he's just the dude and and he and kenrich bring similar intangibles mm-hmm. and leadership the difference there is i think the value you can get back for kenrich is a lot more like I, i'm not sure if what you get back from muscala is actually worth trading him this is obviously just without having any knowledge of what his actual value is but that that's just my guess like i you don't hear mike muscala's name on like national podcast talking about trade candidates pretty much ever you hear Kenrich a, a little bit here and there but I, I'm just not sure that value is worth uh shipping Mike off uh, at this point and and to to add on to this uh Mike Mike was called as, uh per 36 in points is 20 not 20.9 points per game <laughs> that's ridiculous oh man it, it it really is unreal how how good of a season Muscala's had the, the other thing with Muscala and we're seeing it right now. Um, part, I think it's mostly due to the actual ankle injury, but you can shut down Muscala for long stretches. Uh, obviously he's got the injury now, but like last year, he just straight up didn't play for long stretches and they played younger guys. Like, I think it's easier to do that with Muscala than with Kenridge. Cause like Kenridge hasn't really, this, this is kind of like his first, like he's finally like found himself in the league a little bit and he's working on a contract year. Like I, I don't think you can do that to him. Whereas like Muscala, he very clearly is fine with whatever the Thunder plan is. And so if he's helping winning too much, they can, they can say, Hey Mike, we're going to play Isaiah Roby. We're going to play Diakite. We're going to play, you know, Derek favors, whoever in, in your place a little bit more tonight. And he seems to be totally fine with that for whatever reason, everybody loves it here. Everybody, Ty Jerome, Kendrick, everybody that gets asked about, they love it in Oklahoma city. Absolutely love it. I think it's just, you know, feeling like you have support. And I think like the open line of communication that the staff gives the players. I mean, it's hard to not feel at home when you have that around you 24 seven. Absolutely. So now the question is should the Thunder trade either Kenrich Williams or Mike Muscala? I think we're all already in agreement that we're no on Muscala, right? Like he was on your guys' oh, list, yeah. but pretty low, not on mine, not worth it. If they did trade Muscala, I didn't have like a specific trade, but probably be like two second round picks, like and like protected second round picks. Like I don't think he's getting you too much. Uh, but Kenrich. I say yes. Are you guys both saying yes as well, or was he just your number one most likely? Yeah, I mean, I think he's. Oh, no, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Stephen. Go ahead. Okay. Um, like, I would wouldn't mind if they traded Kenrich. Like, I'd I'd be okay with it. But like, you know, I mean, it just depends on what you're getting back. Like, mm-hmm. I, Cade, we talked about the the Bleacher Report article today earlier, and it was um swapping him for Moses Moody with the from the Warriors and I was like 
I would love that, but I, I just don't. I I just don't think that's gonna happen. I mean, and it's it's not that Kendrick isn't worth that, but it's like the Warriors have said nothing to indicate yeah, that they're true. going to trade those guys. It's been a, it's been all the opposite. But like, I think you could get some good stuff back for yeah. For and and I th- I think it's just it's dependent on the situation, of course. I mean, like if you know someone's offering a second round pick and you know some low grade you know, role player. Like, I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, just as an example, I think if Oklahoma City wanted to, well, obviously they could have, they could trump almost any offer. But if they wanted to use Kenrich and and trump the Knicks offer for Cam Reddish, like they could have, like they oh, yeah. could have Cam Reddish on this team with Kenrich and maybe a little something else uh, attached to it. I, I think you can go out and get something pretty good. So we, we all agree that they should trade Kenrich. Now the trade that I've got, well, I've got a couple. Let's see what you guys think. The first one, and I actually heard Brett Dawson mention this on the Dream Team this morning too, was Kenrich Williams straight up for Io DeSumo on the Bulls. Now, Iowa was a second-round pick last year or this last draft, but he's, like, had a pretty awesome season when they've had – like, he, he's been playing really well lately with a lot of their injuries, and he's – a pretty intriguing player. I, I, what, do, what do you guys think about that? Steven, you made a face. Yeah, that's just – it's a name I haven't heard since mm-hmm. the draft. Um, you know, looking at his stats right now, basically just eight points a game, three rebounds, three assists in, in the 50 games. I mean, mm-hmm. he is shooting like 41% from the, from three, which is pretty impressive. I mean, 6'5", 200-pound shooting guard. Is it just like another version of Dort, though? He's – I don't know how much have you have you seen Io play very much like not college really. or NBA? No, not really. He, I wouldn't like like he competes on defense, but he's like a lightning quick, like kind of score. Like he, I don't want to say he's like Trey Man because they don't really. He's a lot more athletic, I think. But like he's like a can score six points in like two minutes type of guy. But he does it differently. He he yeah. he definitely might overlap with Trey Man. A tad, but he's just an interesting young player, someone different that I hadn't heard until until this morning. The other two I've got is the super obvious one that everyone's been talking about, so it's not going to happen. Is the Kenridge for Joe Ingles and that and like a protected Jazz first round pick? I think that's very interesting. You get a pick back, you get a guy who's not going to play this year, and Ingles doesn't have to report to Oklahoma City, but like it'd be pretty cool if he did, like to to be with Josh Giddy, and like I'm sure. Giddy would number one enjoy that, and number two, it'd probably be helpful to have a, a voice like that who cannot help you win games on the court um, with this team. So I, I don't know what you guys what you guys think about that, but that one's been very out there for like the last week on on Thunder Reddit, Thunder Twitter, Thunder wherever. I mean, I I don't really see why not there. I mean, you're getting another pick. You get Joe Ingles, who would be good for Josh Giddy, would be beneficial, and he really is not going to help you. So. And you don't have to worry about winning too much or anything. And that's if you're, I guess, if you're okay with shipping off Kendrick Williams rather mm-hmm. than holding him and paying him a decent amount to kind of mentor these guys through actually making it to the playoffs and, you know, playing at the next level. I just think where I stand with Kendrick is he's helping too much right now. And I know that, I know that the Thunder would have killed for a guy like Kendrick on every team they had when they were good. So that's definitely a factor. But also, like, 
it's different this time. They have a million draft picks. They're even if they trade for a star, like they're going to have picks to be able to go out and get better guys than scraping the bottom of the buyout barrel for the Derek Fishers, the Randy Foy's, the Crom Butler's. Like they're going to have that. That's why they're doing it this way. So they hope. I mean, obviously, there's there's no guarantees of anyone on the level of KD Russ, but like you can hopefully fill out the roster better. So I that that's kind of kind of where I'm at there. I don't know what you guys think for, for me on that one. It's just kind of, uh, I'm almost to the point now, number one, you could never have enough picks, mm-hmm. but I'm almost to that point now of like, <laughs> like what are you going to like? I, I know, you know, you can take as many bites out of the apple as you can, but it's like at some point that apple's not going to taste as good to some people as it does others. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the, the other reason would just be to, you know, hopefully when you're good in 2024, 2025, sure. you have someone's 16th pick in that draft you can use to to make a real impactful ad at the deadline or make a real impactful ad at the draft, but not drafting the guy. You, you trade, you trade for somebody. So I think I think that's part of it. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll save my last one because it's actually one of my suggested trades later on. So I'll save that one. Do you guys have any any different Kenrich trades to throw out there? Oh, oh. righty. Well, now to the very exciting Tobias Harris topic that, that Stephen alluded to earlier in the show. So Bleacher Report had, had a report that basically talked about the Sixers' desire to trade away Tobias Harris. It's been talked about multiple places at this point um, as a true salary dump. And and the reason they would want to do that is so they can just outright sign James Harden in in the offseason if it comes to that. I think Zach Lowe used the phrase that it would be, you know, the, the Nets would be like petrified or, you know, whatever. Like the Nets would be actually very afraid if that happened um, when it comes to Harden, because if the Sixers can't outright sign him, he's not going. um, He's not really signing anywhere else. It's going to at least be the Nets getting something back. But the idea, basically, it's not a report, but it's just like, well, the Thunder have all of this room. Let's help the Sixers by moving this massive, contract with two years after this year at almost 80 million dollars into their cap space do you guys have any interest in seeing the thunder do that cable start with you i personally do not and if it happens to go that way i would somewhat talk myself into you know maybe he's gonna (laughs) he's gonna play his way into 20 something points per game um maybe but doesn't that just doesn't that just like if kenrich is helping like doesn't that probably help too much like I think it does, and that's why my interest is no. And, like, if it happened and we want too much and Presti had a hard time flipping that contract later and we had to eat more of it, I would be pretty disappointed in it, which is why, first off, I'm not interested in it. But there's also a world where I've talked myself into, well, Shea's out. So, you know, see how long he doesn't play. You know, Dort's got lingering issues. Muscala's now out. If we trade Kendrick, that's not a problem. So it's, like, pretty much Josh Giddey and Tobias Harrison. How many games is that really going to win you, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I would have thought when Shea went out that the losing streak was coming, but they're three and one. So I just don't, you put now Tobias Harris doesn't shoot enough three pointers, but you put shooters around Giddy and they seem to be able to compete with, with teams on, on quite a few nights. Well, my short answer is just no, I don't want to do it. I don't have any interest in doing it. And honestly, 
I hate that just because we have cap space, we're just a part of all these trades all of a sudden. Yeah, and it's and it's not because anyone wants to see that. Wouldn't it be great if the Thunder got three first round picks? No, it's because we want to we want to see the the big transaction with with the Nets with the Sixers. Like it's not it's never to to help the Thunder. It's never what the Thunder um, would care about. But Stephen, do you do you have any differing viewpoints here? It's uh, to jump on that Evan. It's not us. It's them. Yes, that's, that's that's how it went. Um, I would say. No, but if it did happen, it would have to take a heck of an offer from the Sixers. Okay, to, so how how many picks and pick swaps? Because I'm assuming it would be both. Right. Would right. it actually take for you to be okay with it? I mean, it would probably have to be like probably two unprotected mm-hmm. first round picks and probably like three pick swaps. Plus. Yeah, and and they would also have to probably to even make that trade unprotect the either 2025 or 2026 pick they already owe the thunder yeah um for the al horford trade yeah the al horford trade and then bringing in uh matisse thibel that that would be the ultimate like sweetener to to me because he's that i mean he's kind of you know like a door um six five two oh one doesn't shoot great from three but from what i've seen he looks like like if kendrich did get traded he looks like he could take that place of Kenrich. I'm just really afraid of his shooting. Like yeah. really afraid of his shooting. Like I loved Dre. I, I loved Andre Robertson, but man, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Always having to defend him. It was tough. Always having to tell myself and tell others like, no, look, like he look, look at all of these things he does. It's like the Ben Simmons thing, but on a way smaller scale, it's like, look at all of these things he does well, or it's like, okay, yeah, but he can't shoot. And that's how it is with, with Tybal right yeah. now, too. And I'm not sure if I want that with, with Shea and Giddy, even for as good of a defender as he is. But I I'd be I'd be a little surprised if the Thunder were able to get that much back. But yeah. it would be Sam Presti theoretically having them kind of at, at gunpoint saying, hey, you're trading for James Harden. Uh, kind of like the Clippers had the trade for Kawhi Leonard when when they sent all of all of the picks our way too. So it'd be a little bit of that dynamic. I'm just hoping he can fleece Daryl Morey one more time. <laughs> That's all. Uh, well, I am also a no. Even if it like if it were multiple picks and multiple swaps, I'd at least like like you guys said, I'd talk myself into it. But he's got two years after this year, like I said, he's at all, it's like 76 point something, like $76.8 million left. I don't think there's any getting out of that without paying, without attaching a pick at least, even when he isn't expiring. And then you look at next year, I don't know if this amount is actually right. I don't know how, how correct some of these websites are. But it has Kimba Walker on the books for $27 million next year. I know he gave somewhat of a discount when he got bought out, so I'm not sure if that number is right. But regardless, Kimba on the books next year, like unless Favors is getting shipped out in that deal, you've got – because the Thunder could literally just flip them a top 55 protected second-round pick. Yeah, his his contract hits uh, for next season is 38 and a half, and then – 23-24 is basically 41 million. Yeah, it's my goodness. 
it's not pretty. It's it's one of the worst, and that'd be the worst, one of the top three worst contracts in the NBA. And you know what's funny? When I was looking at the Thunder's books earlier today, they're still paying Kyle Singler $1 million. I'm not sure when that ends, but he's still on their books right now for $1 million. But if they were to do this, not this year, but next year, it like kind of, and John Han talked about this on Twitter, it gets a little bit tricky with their cap situation. Like they would have to do some maneuvering to get under the tax. And it's just, it is not time to have to be worrying about the tax and there's no way they're, they're paying it. Like there's just no way any amount of picks is worth starting that clock. And because the, the money comes quicker than we think. I mean, Shea's already going to have his deal start next year. We'll see what happens with door. If he's around, presumably he's going to have a decent size contract and it's not too much longer. You have to start thinking about Josh Giddy's next deal. And then do they trade for a superstar? I, I just think it, it hamstrings them too much that it, it, it's just not worth hurting their flexibility. And cause everyone says, you know, 2023 new collective bargaining agreement, their cap, their, their, their cap sheet is pretty much empty. Like that's kind of the year to, to look out for the thunder. And I just don't think I want to tie that up with Tobias Harris. Yeah. Um, Kyle Singler gets paid next year too. And that's, <laughs> that's the end of it. Oh um, my goodness. But next year they've got 70, basically $77 million on the books already for next year with, you know, favors, of course, being a, a player option. And then uh, Muscala, Poku, Darius, Ty Jerome. I can, I can assure you that Derek Favors will pick options. up that. I can assure oh, you yeah. that Derek Favors will pick up his $10 million player option oh, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. I think we're all in agreement that we don't like it. If it's a lot of picks, we'll live with it, but we would just prefer to stay away from it. I think. All right, guys, last thing before we get out of here, outside of the salary dumps, which we know there's going to be a million of those linked to the thunder in the coming days. Do you guys have any specific players? Like I mentioned the miles Turner, are there any other guys that you'd like to see the thunder go out and snag at the trade deadline to actually keep on the team and have be, a part of their their future at least in in some regard whether big or small just not not like a a salary dump die uh kate we we kind of touched on it earlier i think the jackson hayes deal from bleacher report i think that's really interesting um you know younger guy don't really have a i mean besides favors don't really have a center Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, you I mean, you can play Roby, but he's what six eight, six nine. Yeah, Roby, Roby is not going to factor into any of their decisions. I and that's think. somebody I keep forgetting we have on this team is Roby because he has not played a minute of mm-hmm. NBA basketball in a while. But I mean, like, that's the only one I can really think of. Of like, yeah, he'd be cool to have on this team as a even just a not necessarily a long term piece, but a piece to look at. So you like kind of the. The Ty Jerome for for Jackson Hayes deal that you mentioned earlier, which by the way, did Jackson Hayes get sent to to Portland? I feel like maybe he did. I think that you know that with the way trades work, that can still like be folded into can, a yeah, third team and still, yeah, and be sent around. to and be sent to Oklahoma City. So that wouldn't be a problem. But I, I'm already losing track of who's on what team. Oh yeah, it's the, the this is the time of the year where you don't really know who's on whose <laughs> team. You just just go with it. All right, Cade, do you have anybody anybody specific in mind that the Thunder should go grab? I think in general, a young center wouldn't be bad. I mean, just add depth there. You know, you never know what you can get out of a young player like a, you know, 
to say, say theoretically they trade for rookie Kai Jones, which I don't think it will happen, but like a situation like that where he's young, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I could, I could live with that if it was for something cheap and it was kind of like a, you know, buy low, see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. no real issues long-term, but I mean, really I'm just fine with staying put and seeing what we have and just kind of evaluating what talent will get more opportunity towards the end of the year with Shay's injury, you know, who, who else is going to get sat or be hurt. So, and if we don't feel in a center spot, you know, it does give us a dis- disadvantage, which is a good thing this season. So whatever mm-hmm. we can do to lose, if that means don't have enough centers, that's fine. So, so two questions on that then. Uh, number one, do you guys have any concern with adding a center on this roster? And it's not like you guys are talking about investing huge amounts of, of assets or capital or whatever, and, and then going and getting a guy, but any concern with bringing a center in just looking at the top of this draft and, and thinking there's a pretty good chance that they're going to get some, some kind of big guy in this draft. I just look at it and say, you can always move someone that you get this right now. I mm-hmm. mean, it doesn't look good or you get a Chet Holgram, like just ship them off or, you know, play them as a backup, you know, find a way for them to work. I don't think, I think you're still pretty flexible and like, what contender doesn't want to take on a young big man who could potentially help might not. It doesn't really matter because it's mm-hmm. cheap anyways. Mm-hmm. I think the advantage that you have with this is, you know, pa- Paolo is a, is a pure four. Uh, Chet is a four right now because he weighs like a buck 85. Maybe when he fills in, there's very lean, but hopefully a slightly less lean frame a little bit more. He can play his, center down the line, his Poku body. Yeah, no kidding. His, his Poku body. And then Jabari Smith, I, I'm not sure. He, he, I think he can play small ball center. The only guy I kind of think of, and this would probably hopefully not be with the Thunder's first pick because that either means they reached or it either means that they that draft the draft lottery did, did not go well again. I think of a guy like Jalen Duran, he's like a pure center. If they were to grab him like 8, 9, 10, uh, somewhere in there, like, he's a guy that can only play center. And then you would kind of run into a, oh, now we have two young guys that we care about. But second question off of that, I mentioned Miles Turner earlier. What do you guys think of the Miles Turner idea? I don't think it's too likely, but I'm just curious. Like, it still feels too early for me, but what do you guys think? I, I'm I'm kind of thinking, I can't remember who I saw it from on, on Twitter, but they said today it was basically – the miles turner almost seems more locked in now because domas is out because i guess they were playing kind of you know interchangeable at center Mm -hmm. for the pacers and so with uh he said he won a bigger role it's definitely there for him now so i i I don't think that that's going to happen now the the domas got shipped out uh i'd be very surprised if if miles got got sent out Mm-hmm. What a piggyback back off that. Uh, he also likes the idea of playing with Tyrese Halliburton, which, I mean, if I was a, a decently young center that could fly high, I probably would too. But, uh, I mean, if the trade happened and, like, there wasn't, like, any implications or anything, like, you could just, like, you know, go out and get Miles Turner, I would be okay with it because I think a guy like Miles would also – he's just he's just like any other center we would have got. He's tradable. Mm-hmm. And so, you'd, like, you'd, you'd probably have to trade at least one of the less desirable. Like, maybe you trade like the Suns' first round pick this year, and yeah. then something like another pick. Like, I, I don't know, something like that. Like, it wouldn't be too much, but it's not nothing either. I just feel like Miles towards the end of the season would be very beneficial to a Josh Giddy in the pick and roll, 
you know, yeah, well, I, I'm actually not, I have to look at miles injury. Is he out for the year? I know he's out at least for a while. I don't think it's for the entire year. Not I'm not too sure year. on that. But, yeah. but regardless when he did, when he actually was, would be able to play. Yeah. I think he'd, he'd fit in nicely with, yeah. with Giddy for sure. I, my, my thing with Turner's the free agent in 2023. That's kind of when I see the thunder going for it. So I, I just think the timeline is a little bit off. If we were another year or two down the line, that's more when I can see making, making a leap like that. But I can close this out with the one guy that I actually would really like the Thunder to, to be able to go out and snag. Don't know how available he is. I feel like I've there was some smoke for a while that he was going to be traded or at least like not going to be traded, but was very available. And I've heard nothing because James Harden has overshadowed it. But I like the idea of Kenrich Williams for Nick Claxton. Talking about another young center and – they brought in Sharp in the draft last year. I don't think they can bring Claxton back at the number he he's going to get, assuming they have Harden, um, Kyrie, KD, Joe Harris. Like I just I, I don't think I, I think I think Claxton's gonna be a cap casualty in that group. So you can bring in a guy like like Kenrich, who he gives the Nets exactly what they need. Someone who can shoot a little bit, defend, he he can do a little bit of everything and would be a, a welcomed addition for a team that with as banged up as they are is struggling to put NBA players on the court right now. Yeah. He looks, he, he looks pretty interesting to me. He's, you know, got the you know, 6'11", 215, kind of a thinner center, but I mean, that's kind of what the NBA has went to now mm-hmm. down in the post, but uh, you know, nine points, six rebounds a game. I really want to see Giddy with a lob catcher. And oh, that, that, that is that Nick Claxton. Awesome. I can't, couldn't even imagine those passes. You throw them off the backboard, probably. It's so depressing to see Derek Favors on, on the in the pick and roll with Josh Giddy. It's like, oh man, can can he jump over a phone book? How how low does Josh have to throw this pass for Favors to be able to go get it? Oh man! All right, guys. Anything else on the Thunder on the trade deadline? Um, any la- any last predictions before we get out of here? I guess my prediction for the Thunder would be: I think they they will make a trade or two. They'll be involved in some capacity. I think they're going to have more picks than they have today. I think they are going to have probably more money on their books for this year than they have today. They're going to pick up a pick and and some money. What do you guys think? Going with the exact same prediction: picking money. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, probably two trades and $41 million in cap room <laughs> absorbed. <laughs> Ooh, we'll see. I'm not sure I'm quite ready for that. That kind of sent chills down my spine, even just thinking about thinking about all that money uh, come again, but that is going to do it for us today on the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can read everything. The Boomtown team writes on boomtownhoops.com. Follow us on Twitter and facebook at boomtown hoops and on instagram it's boomtown dot hoops and we will hopefully be talking a little bit more regularly i know for me personally now that football season is over i've got i say over i'm a huge fan so it effectively ended for me uh last sunday so now that football season is over for me i've got hopefully a little bit more time during the week and we can talk about uh the thunder a little bit more often but thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon 